Hello, and welcome to the Anna L. Brothers Show and Podcast, where we inspire, encourage, and empower people to live a healthier lifestyle. Sweet blessings. That is the name of my podcast. And so today, I I thought it was such an appropriate time to talk about elections since we just had an election. Because I know that uh, throughout our lifetime, we come across um, many times where we're involved in elections, where it's at church, at school, uh, whether it's in the uh, uh, government election, uh, organization election. But there are, we do experience elections. And so I thought it would be an appropriate topic to talk about after we just had an election. So maybe you can get a little better understanding of it. And uh, because election has a history. And so an election is a formal group decision-making process by which a population chooses an individual or multiple individuals to hold public office. Elections have been the usual mechanism by which modern representative democracy has operated since the 17th century. Elections may fill offices in the legislature, sometimes in the executive and judiciary, and for regional and local government. This process is also used in many other private and business organizations, such as clubs, and volunteer organizations and corporations. The global use of elections as a tool for selecting representatives in the modern representation, in the modern representative democracy is in contrast with the practice in the democratic archive type ancient Athens where the election was considered um, what you call uh, Abla Garrett institution, and most political offices were filled with uh, sortation, also known as allotment, by which office holders were chosen by a lot. I guess that would be like favoritism? I don't know. Electoral reform describes the process of introducing fair electoral systems where they are not in place or improving the fairness of effectiveness of existing systems. Cyphologic is the study of results and other statistics relating to elections. Election is the fact of electing or being elected. To elect means to select or make a decision. And so sometimes other forms of ballots, such as a referendum, are referred to as elections, especially in the United States. The first recorded popular election of officials to public office by majority vote were uh, where all of the citizens were eligible both to vote and to hold public office dates back to Sparta in 754 B.C. 
under the mixed government of the Spartan Constitution. Athens democratic elections were all where all citizens could hold public office was not introduced for another 247 years. Athens citizens were eligible to vote in the popular assemblies on matters of law and policy and as jurors, but only the three highest classes of citizens could vote in elections. No, nor were the, uh, the lowest of the four classes of Athens citizens eligible to hold public office through the reforms of Solomon. The Spartans' elections of the, therefore, also predates the reform in Athens by approximately 180 years. Questions of suffrage, <clears throat> especially suffrage for minority groups, have dominated the history of elections. Males, the dominant cultural group in North America and Europe, often dominates the electoral rate and continues to do so in many countries. Early elections in countries such as the United Kingdom and the United States were dominated by land or ruling class people. Elections were used as early in history as ancient Greece and ancient Rome throughout the medieval period to select rulers such as Holy Roman Emperors and the Pope. However, by the 1920s, all Western European and North American democracies had universal adult male suffrage, except Switzerland, and many countries began to consider women's suffrage. Despite legal mandates, Universal suffrage for adult males, political barriers were sometimes erected to prevent fair access to elections. You would have to uh, look a little bit into the civil rights movement to get a better understanding uh, of that. Elections are held in a variety of political, organizational, and corporate settings. Many countries hold elections to select people to serve in their government, but other types of organization holds elections as well. For example, many corporations hold elections among shareholders to select a board of directors. And these elections may be mandated by corporate law. In many places, an election to the government is usually a competition among people who have already won a primary election within a political party. Elections within corporations and other organizations often use procedures and rules that are similar to those of the governmental elections. The questions of who may vote is a central issue in elections. The electoral rate does not generally include the entire population. For example, many countries prohibit those who are under the age of minority from voting. All jurisdictions require a minimal age for voting. In Australia, Aboriginal people were not given the right to vote until 1962. 
And in 2010, the federal government removed the rights of prisoners serving for three years or more to vote, which uh, I believe a large uh, proportion of those people were uh, Aboriginal um, Australians as, as well when this occurred. Suffrage is typically only for citizens of a country, through, though further limits may be imposed. In the European Union, one can vote in municipal elections if one lives in the municipality and is a European Union citizen. The nationality of the country of residence is not required. In some countries, voting is required by law. Eligible voters may be subject to uh, punitive measures such as a fine for not casting a vote. In Western Australia, the penalty for a first-time offender failing to vote is $20, which increases to $50 if the offender refuses to vote prior. Historically, the size of eligible voters, the electoral rate was small, having the size of groups of communities of privileged men like aristocrats and men of a city, citizens. <laughs> While the group of the number of people with bougie citizen rights outside of cities expanded, the term citizen, the electoral rate grew to the numbers beyond the thousand. Elections with an electoral rate in the hundreds of thousands appeared in the final decade of the Roman Republic by extending voting rights to citizens outside of Rome, reaching an electoral rate of 910,000 and an estimated voter turnout of a maximum, 20, a maximum 10% in 70 BC. Only again comparable in size to the first election of the United States. At the same time, the Kingdom of Great Britain had in 1780 about 214,000 eligible voters, 3% of the whole population. A representative democracy requires a procedure to govern nominations for political offices. In many cases, nominations for the office is mandated through pre-selection process in organized political parties. Non-partial systems tend to be different from partial systems as concerns nomination. In a direct democracy, one type of non-partial democracy, any eligible person can be nominated. Although elections were used in ancient Athens and Rome and in the selection of popes and holy Roman emperors, the origin of elections in the contemporary world lie in the gradual immerse of representative governments in Europe and North America, beginning in the 17th century. In some systems, no nomination takes place at all with voters free to choose any person at the time of voting, with some possible exceptions, such as those, such as minimal age requirement in the jurisdiction. 
In such cases, it is not required or even possible that the members of the electorate be familiar with all of the eligible persons. Though some systems may involve indirect elections at larger geographic levels to ensure that some first-hand familiarity among potential electees can exist at these levels. As far as partial assistance in some countries, only members of a particular party can be nominated. So you need, we need to, you, if you want to know a little bit more, you would have to look into one party state. Or any eligible person can be nominated through a process, thus allowing him or her to be listed. And then uh, we have what we call electoral systems, and they are the detailed constitutional arrangement and voting system that convert the vote into a political decision. The first step is for the voter to cast the ballot, which may be a simple, single-choice ballot, but other types, such as multiple choices or ranked ballots, may also be used. Thus, the votes are tallied for which various vote counter systems may be used. And the voter system then determines the results on the basis of the tally. Most systems can be categorized as either proportional, majority, or mixed. Among the proportional systems, the most common used are party list proportional representation. Uh, It's a system. Among the um, majoritarian uh, are the first past the post electoral system, single women plurality voting, and different methods of majority vote voting, such as the widely used two-round system. Mixed systems comp- combines elements both of proportional and majority methods, which some typically producing results closer to the former. Many countries have growing electoral reform movements which advocate systems such as approval voting, single transferable voting, instant runoff voting, these methods are also gaining popularity for lesser elections in some countries, where most important elections still are using traditional counting methods. While openness and accountability are usually considered cornerstones of a democracy system, the act of casting a vote and the content of a voter's ballots are usually important exceptions. The secret ballot is a relatively modern way or a modern development, but is not considered crucial in most free and fair elections as it limits the effectiveness of intimidation. When when elections are called, politicians and their supporters attempt to influence policy by competing directly for the vote of the constituents in what are called campaigns. Supporters for a campaign can be either formally organized or loosely affiliated and frequently utilize this campaign advertisement 
It is called, it is common for political scientists to attempt to predict elections via political forecasting methods. The most expensive election campaign included U.S. $7 billion spent on the 2012 United States president election and is followed by the U.S. $5 billion spent on the 2014 Indian general election. The nature of democracy is that elected officials are accountable to the people and they must return to the voters at prescribed intervals to seek their mandate to continue in office. For that reason, most democratic constitutions provide that elections are held at fixed, regular intervals. In the United States, elections for public office are typically held <coughs> excuse me, every two and six years in most states. And at the federal level, with the exception for elected judicial positions that may have longer terms of office, there is a variety of schedules. For example, presidents. The president of Ireland is elected every seven years. The president of Russia and the president of Finland every six years. The president of France every five years. And the president of the United States every four years. Pre-decided or fixed election dates have the advantage of fairness and predictability. However, they tend to greatly lengthen campaigns and make dissolving the legislature or the parliamentary system more problematic. If the date should happen to fall at a time when dissolution is inconvenient, like maybe, for example, when a war breaks out. Other states, like uh, the United Kingdom, only sets maximum time in office and the executive decides exactly within that limit, it will actually go to the polls. In practice, this means the government remains in power for close to its full term and chooses an election date it calculates to be in the best interest This calculation depends on the number of variables, such as its performance in opinion polls and the size of its majority. In many of the countries with weak rules of of law, the most common reason why elections do not meet the international standard of being free and fair is entrance or interference from the incumbent government. Dictators may use the power of the executive, police, martial arts, censorship, physical implementation of the electorate, to remain in in power, despite popular opinion in favor of removal. Members of a particular faction in the legislation may use the power of the majority or the supermajority, passing criminal laws, defending the electoral mechanism, including eligibility and district boundary, to prevent the balance of power in the body from shifting to a rival fraction due to an election. 
Non-governmental entities can also interfere with elections through physical force, verbal intimidation, or fraud, which can result in improper casting or counting of votes. Monitoring for and minimizing electoral fraud is also an ongoing task in countries with strong traditions of free and fair elections. Problems that prevent an election from being fair and free take various forms. The the electoral rate may be poorly informed about issues or candidates due to lack of freedom of the press, lack of objectivity in the press due to state or corporate control, or lack of access to news and political media. Freedom of speech may be curtailed by the state flavoring certain viewpoints or state propaganda. Gerrymandering. Exclusion of opposition candidates from eligibility for office. Needlessly highly restricted on who may be a candidate, like ballot access rule, and manipulating thresholds for electoral success are some of the ways the structure of an election can be changed to favor a specific fraction or candidate. Those in power may arrest or assassinate candidates, suppress or even criminalize campaigns, close campaign headquarters, harass or beat campaign workers, or intimidate workers with violence. Foreign electoral intervention can also occur, with the United States interfering between 1946 and 2081 elections, and Russia the USSR in 36. In 2018, the most intense intervention utilizing false information was by China in Taiwan and by Russia in Ladia. The most highest level was in Bahrain, Quartok, and Hungary. Tampering with election mechanism. This can include falsified voters' instruction, violation of the secret ballot, ballot stuffing, tampering with voting machines, destruction of legitimate cast votes, voter uh, suppression, voter registration fraud, failure to validate voters' residency, fraudulent tabulation of results, and use of physical force or verbal intimidation in polling places. Other examples include persuading candidates not to run, such as through blackmailing, bribery, intimidation, or physical violence. Sham election. A sham election or show election is an election that is held purely for show. That is without any significant political choice or real impact on the results of the election. Sham elections are a common event in dictatorial regimes that feel the need uh, to fuel the appearance of public legitimacy. Published results usually show nearly 100% voter turnout and high support, 
typically at least 80% and close to 100% in many cases for the prescribed candidate or for the referendum choice that favors the political party in power. Dictatorial regimes can also organize sham elections with results simulating, simulating those that might be achieved in democratic countries. Sometimes only one government-approved candidate is allowed to run in sham elections with no opposition candidate allowed or opposition candidates are arrested on false charges before the election to prevent prevent them from running. Ballots may contain only one yes option or in the case of a simple yes or no question. Security forces often persecute people who pick no, thus encouraging them to pick the yes option. In other cases, those who vote receive stamps in their passport for doing so, while those who did not vote and thus do not receive stamps are persecuted as enemies of the people. Sham elections can sometimes backfire against the party in power, especially if the regime believes they are popular enough to win without the course or fraud. A predetermined conclusion is permanently established by the regime through suppression of the opposition. Coercement of voters, vote rigging, reporting several votes receiving greater than the number of voters outlined, outright lying or some contributions of these. Scholars argue that the predominance of elections masks the fact that they are actually aristocratic selection mechanism that deny each citizen an equal chance of holding public office. According to a French political scientist, Bernard Manning, the egalitarian nature of elections stems from four factors. The unequal treatment of candidates by the voters, the distinction of candidates required by choice, the cognitive advantage conferred by silence, and the cost of disseminating information. These four factors result in the evaluation of candidates based on voters' partial standards of quality and social silences. For example, skin color and good looks. This leads to self-selection biases in candidates' pools due to unobjective standards of treatment by voters and the cost associated with raising one political profile. Ultimately, the result is election of candidates who are superior and objectively and like the voters they are supposed to represent. I hope that this helped you a little bit, kind of help you understand um, the relationships of voting. And you can see that they also had, uh, the voting occurred way, way, way back before, a long, long, long time, B.C., it says. So you can see that uh, uh, voting has been popular for a long time. 
and that they have had problems with voting. And I have, you know, been around for some elections and for a few of them. (laughs) And I can tell you that every election, there is some type of people come forward with some type of fraud. You know, they can't get in. It's not over. You know, the ballots were stuffed, okay? Uh, uh, people were voting that were uh, had passed. You know, just all kinds of things going on. And it's still going on to this day. Just wanted to let you know that I just wanted to shed a little light on uh, uh, elections because sometimes people don't understand elections and people don't realize that elections started a long, long time ago. We're still working on it. We're still working on elections. And you probably will still be working on elections when I'm gone. So I want to thank you all for listening to uh, my uh, broadcast on uh, elections. And um, I just want to remind you to please like, share, follow, and subscribe to my channel. It is on Anchor, Spotify, quite a few. You can listen to it and just hit the subscribe button. That's all it, that's all it takes. Uh, I am going to be switching up a little bit. I'm going to be starting to interview people. So if you're interested in joining or coming on my program for me to do an interview, you can um, contact me at uh, Lestine, that's L-A-S-S-T-E-E-N, one, at gmail.com. And uh, I will send you out some information on that. But in the meantime, I want you to do these three things, and that is to live, to laugh, and to love. Have a great one. Bye-bye.